by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in beautiful Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville. Dot com. It is finally over. The closest thing to live sports that we're going to get for God knows how long. The NFL draft has concluded. And so now we are going to recap the whole damn thing with Austin Huff and Jack Gentry of the Tighten Up Pod. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts in the A to Z Sports podcast feed. Boys, how you feeling? Yeah. Oh, I man. feel pretty good. Pretty good. I... It's good thing they weren't keeping score during that draft because the Titans would have friggin' destroyed everyone. But and that's my that's my completely non uh spin on it. It, it yeah, seems was, you both seem to be handling this completely reasonably, completely rationally. Uh but but seriously, this is not not just and we'll talk about what it what it sets up for with Clowney and all of these things the Titans fans believe to be in the bag. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but we can spend a little more time on it. Isaiah Wilson in the first round at right tackle, whether that's here now or in the future. You get Christian Fulton, who falls to you in the second, the cornerback from LSU, Darrington Evans, the Appalachian State running back in the third, Laurel Murchison, the defensive lineman out of NC State, Cole McDonald, QB out of Hawaii, Sands, his blonde dreadlocks, unfortunately for us, and Chris Jackson, who I believe to be my favorite Tennessee Titans player of all time, even though he has just arrived. I will expand more on that in a minute. Do you believe they accomplished what they needed to, in your opinion? I think, I think Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Buck, when you said they, uh, when you said that what you did about Clowney, because that's, you know, like we were talking about Connie Watts last time we were on your podcast, and and how you know each week you know we're we're looking for things to talk about, and Connie's kind of given us that. Well, the last couple of weeks, honestly, since we've been on your podcast, Connie Watch has kind of tied down, and there's been nothing to say. But I'm pretty sure with this draft, the Titans told us everything that we needed to know, and uh, and that is that Jadavian Clowney is going to be a Tennessee Titan. And, 2020 with, with just the way that, that John Robinson and, and crew picked the guys that they picked when they picked them. Clowney Watts will never die. I agree with Austin though. That right. it, has, it has dialed back a little bit. So that's, that's when it, that's when he comes right back, you know, right when yeah. things are quiet, he jumps right out of the weeds and emerges again. And with, with the Titans draft, yeah, they obviously didn't really address the need at edge rusher and that, that, has fans reasonably worried whether or not they're going to get Clowney, and that's going to be something to watch for. But yeah, I, I like the Titans. The Titans draft they address all their needs besides kicker. I wanted Hot Rod. Oh, but you have a like kicker it. now. You've just added one in an undrafted free agency out of Missouri, Tucker yeah. McCann. Yeah, Tucker McCann out of the University of Missouri. It should be noted. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So, should should so that have some bearing on the conversation? What is the relevance of the University of Missouri? Oh, the relevant, oh well, I'm just saying if, if a kid went to the University of Missouri, then you know he's going to be a, just a dominant force in the league. Uh, it's pretty much – I would say – I know, feel like there's the, already one SEC blatant homer that works for A to Z – SEC East blatant homer that works for A to Z sports. I don't know if we can tolerate two. I Look, I, look all I'm saying is – the. We've had a good string of Mizzou guys on this Tennessee team with, you know, Justin Gage, 
Uh, Bo Brinkley is, is going to be a Titan Hall of Famer one day. His name's going to be in the Ring of Honor. And, uh, and well, okay, Blaine Gabbert takes away literally all the credibility that Mizzou had built with the Tennessee Titans. But we don't uh, have do, to there will be it. no Blaine Gabbert slander on this podcast. He is one of my favorite people that follows me on Instagram. It's a great victory for me. Oh, get out of here. Blaine Gabbert, gosh. So I, you know I'm a Mizzou guy, and I – even when he was at Mizzou, I couldn't stand him. And and then he comes to the Titans and, and completely blows it in Week 17 to get them to knock the Titans out of a playoff spot. So it, that only that only solidified his his place in my mindset. It all uh, comes full circle to with. go ahead. Uh, I'm not going to let him get away with not mentioning Doriel Greenbeck. I'm out of the No, I think Doriel Greenbeck on his short very short tenure with the Titans. I, I think was great. One of the greatest receivers Titans have had since Randy Moss. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the the tenure almost as brief between DGB and Randy Moss. <laughs> That's great. So, and, and the output about the thing, too. <laughs> I... I wanted them to take an edge rusher with one of the three. And it, I, before we get to the, the seventh round and what they've done on day three and all of these things and, and really address what's more important, whether or not Jacob Eason had sex with his girlfriend before walking out on draft camera, we will discuss all of these hey, things David. at length. We are here for the stories that truly matter to you, of course, on draft night. But the Easy answer there. They did. The way she was fixing her hair after walking out, like that's the essay just, Dirty. Having sex with his girlfriend unconfirmed prior to day three of the draft before becoming your future Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Uh, do you believe that the Colts have drafted the future of what will be the Titans, uh, the Titans thorn in their side? Or do you believe that the swagger is just for the bedroom and not for the football field? Yeah, I, 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 you say unconfirmed. I think 100% it's confirmed. There was definitely some dirty going on behind that door. Like it's not like, it's not like, like some guy just went into the back room to get his back shaved or like a, like a pimple, a zit on his back, like popped. Like they were, something was definitely going on there. And then the way the, the girl, the cute blonde, like the way she fixed her hair, there was definitely some, something going on in that back room. What? I look at it. I look at it as a power move. You got Philip Rivers with ten kids over there, and Ethan's out there possibly making number one. I think right. it's a statement. Uh, listen, our, our our listen. The A to Z Sports Army is strong for a variety of reasons, least of which is because our Preds writer Alex Doherty, who is a diehard Titans fan, said if Jacob Eason can outnut Philip Rivers, then he truly is the next great quarterback in Indianapolis. <laughs> this is because yeah. the quote was. The quote was, he's going to go out there and compete his nuts off. And so to out-nut Phillip Rivers uh, is easier said than done. Yeah, that's always something you want to hear from like a, a prospect that your team just drafted, that he, he's going to go out and castrate himself while playing for the team. Like that's To me, that's not like the best uh, indictment from, uh, from him of saying, like, yeah, I'm going to go work my nuts off. There are so many other body parts that he could work off that I'd be okay with before his nuts. <laughs> But uh, look, if, if that's what he's going to do, that's what he's going to do. And, you know, people talk about how how much how fast Nashville is growing, you know, like, oh, 100 people are moving to Nashville a day. Yeah. Just wait until Indianapolis gets both Phil Rivers and then apparently the kids that Jacob Eason produced. So. <laughs> it, it is truly incredible. Uh, so 
On the whole, though, you're happy with what they did. They they filled what seemed to be fairly obvious needs. Isaiah Wilson may not start right away, but I think it's a reasonable expectation that a first-round pick who was drafted will be in the starting lineup sooner rather than later. I give I give it about whenever these games are played. I give it about four games before he act, becomes a bigger part of the picture. What was what was the greatest? I guess, what was the best experience of this draft for you guys? Because you're both Titans fans, and you can hear a unique take on the Titans, of course, on the Titan Up podcast hosted by Jack Gentry and Austin Huff every Wednesday in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. Was there, was it, a, was it the pick? Uh, was it a pick in particular? Was it Christian Fulton? What was the best experience for Jack Gentry and Austin Huff as two people who love the Tennessee Titans? Wow, that's that's a tough one. During this draft, ooh, uh, obviously, Mike Vrabel's war room. I think that has to be that, that has to that, be. And that, that's my answer right there. One hundred percent. In the hell was going on at the Vrabel household? One kid the, dressed up as the Freeze that who runs during the Atlanta Braves games down down there at uh yeah. SunTrust, and then one kid is either on the toilet or on a stool. That's a hot hot button topic on Twitter, and. You know the the obvious the the red haired kid with the mustache that looks like he could be or he could have a record. Uh, out yeah, there. he he was definitely yeah he he definitely stepped right off the set of whatever Deliverance sequel they're making. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's break down let's break this down like the Zapruder film. I've just gotten done analyzing tape of seventh round corners, so this sounds much much more engaging. Oh my gosh! All right, all right. Tyler yeah, Vrabel. Then- let's start with the pooper allegedly. Oh. Tyler Vrabel, uh, eldest son of Mike Vrabel, left tackle at Boston College, appears to be the furthest. This is the person furthest out of the shot. He is sitting. Uh, there well, is not a, out. Yeah, not out of the shot. Furthest. Yeah, away. But he's still in the shot. We, we saw him in the shot. He's in the shot. The reflection of him is in the shot. He is actively <laughs> avoiding the shot, and yet becomes the biggest topic of conversation within said shot. Now, Mike Vrabel has told us on the Zoom call, because of course, not only is this hot, hot, uh, a hot button issue on social media, it literally carried SportsCenter for the better part of Friday. Mike Vrabel's eldest son, Tyler, was supposed to be on a bar stool next to his mother, hiding out of the shot, and the angle was bad. Do we believe them, Austin Huff? Yeah, it's the biggest, it's without question the biggest Titans uh, story since, like, where the heck is Vince Young? Like, that's, it's 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 right up there. This is, without question, one of the biggest Titans stories of all time, to me, in my opinion. And I think, look, and yeah, and I heard, I've heard Mike Brabel's, like, defense of his son, which, look, he's a great father, of course. Like, I wouldn't expect anything less from Mike Brable, he would defend his teammates the same way. Like he's gonna, he's gonna stick up for them. And but him to say that, oh, he was sitting on a stool. It's like, yeah, we know he was sitting on his stool. Like we saw it right there with our clear eyes. He was pooping, and there's nothing. There's no other <laughs> way around about it. Like there's, like I, I love Mike Brable. I love his son just because he's got the he shares the Brable last name. But the kid was pooping, and we just need to just just be okay with that and move on. And there's a mountain of evidence 
that they could convict literally, him. That's such a bad mouth. joke by you. It's, oh my god. It, I mean, it's probably flushed by now, but it, <laughs> it, it literally is. Oh. No, new sodes every Wednesday of the Tighten Up podcast for more of these comedic stylings. Jesus Christ. Look, I, you know, you're not, I, I, that, him pooping was probably my favorite, probably my favorite Titans moment since the Music City Miracle. Can I say that? I mean, I, Jack is a lifelong Titans fan. I don't know. Can he say that? It was, this, this was the music <laughs> shitty miracle. Oh, no, like no, no. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> what, what Tyler Rabel was doing back there is pretty much the product that the Titans put on the field for the better part of the 2010, yes, 2015. Right. Uh, <laughs> He was like, he wanted to remind Titans fans where they came from. So, <laughs> so, it's like, so the, the alleged the and the present, the alleged defecation is symbolism. We are, we are expelling right. the te- the previous 10 years of Titans football from our bodies, our collective bodies as Titans media sports yeah. fans, uh, all of these things. And it is symbolized by Mike Vrabel's son, allegedly taking a poop in the background of his father's right. draft set. Right there's there's the there's the present and future, which was Mike Vrabel dressed as a venture capitalist on a weekend yacht trip, and and then in the background, in the mirror, in the rearview mirror, literally, there was just just plain old crap, and that was the uh, you know that was the Ken Wisenhunt era, if you will. All right, just all in one image. <laughs> so we've accused Mike Vrabel of not only lying to the public and lying to the media about his son. Uh, but we have we have now found the medical. I, I wouldn't say lying because I don't want to call him a liar. But he was he was defending, and it just his defense. <laughs> defending with lies, much. though, Huff. Put your name on. Like like Casey. But that's Anthony, what happens during Casey the draft. Anthony's lawyers wouldn't believe that defense. Like, <laughs> well, like, that's like, what happens during the draft, though. There's a lot of misinformation out there and deception. It's it's our job to kind of see through that and right. see what is true. So I, right. I feel like <laughs> us making this call theoretically confirmed. What was going on at Mike Ray? Jack, Jack and I are the truest journalists by every sense of it. Okay, like we will, we will find the truth and deliver it to the people. Rate, review, and subscribe to Tighten Up Podcast. All right, just wherever it is that you get your podcasts, <laughs> it's it's incredible the the amount of work that's been done through. Uh, by the way, behind the scenes, this phone call has dropped eight different times for the people listening at home. And all that is getting me through it are Jack Gentry and Austin Huff's poop jokes. Yeah. This is what it's we almost like. To. It's almost like Kenny Britt is Buck's cell phone provider. <laughs> the amount of drops we've had. <laughs> oh my God, Taewon Taylor. Oh, so let's talk <laughs> yes. about Taewon Taylor because what the what was done with the seventh round pick that John Robinson, God knows how, was able to salvage some kind of draft capital from the Cleveland Browns for Taewon Taylor prior to last year's training camp. And so with the seventh round pick uh, that was acquired via the Taewon Taylor trade, the Titans were able to bring in Laurel Murchison. Now that is the defensive lineman that will forever be associated with the Jarrell Casey trade because what was done, that except I have totally misread my draft guide and that was done in the fifth round. Cole McDonald is Taewon Taylor. And that matters not for the, the whole setup that I've just done. This is what happens on day three of the draft. I'm completely I'll, I'll losing say, my mind. Buck, I'll say this. I'm glad you pronounced his name and not us because Jack and I were talking right after the draft and um, we both <laughs> referred to him as the guy with the M last name. Like we, neither of us even took a, took a try at pronouncing Big Merch. Last name. 
Big merch. Yeah, yeah. merch man. The uh, yes. Well, uh, so you've got you've got the merch man, and you've got C Money. Uh, and right now, see, my phone won't work, but my FaceTime will on my laptop while I'm trying to uh, while I'm trying to do a podcast. It's a, impossible. The amount of technical. Should we, should we bring them onto the call? No, we should not, because these are my college okay. friends, and this would this would derail my my conversation very very quickly. See, I you see, I, I think that would be insanely interesting. Just well, that's just me. Well, for as uninteresting as my life is, that would make it exponentially more interesting to introduce that into my prefer- professional setting. But again, here we are doing Titans poop jokes so what else could we possibly do uh yeah laurel murchison is the merch man cole mcdonald the swaggy uh dreadless at this point but one time dreadheaded hawaiian quarterback from hawaii blonde-haired blue-eyed and just an all-american badass he is referred to as c money so you have big merch and c money it sounds like a spinoff of uh rob rob and big uh from mtv Look, if, yeah. if you if you know Cole McDonald, then then you're like me, and you stay up late on Saturdays <laughs> while you're gambling, and you try and cut your losses with by betting on Hawaii to cover late night. And Cole McDonald was the leader of most of those drives where Hawaii did end up, you know, kind of kind of making making gamblers their money. And with him and Chad Kelly as the backup quarterbacks in the <laughs> AFC South, what a what an interesting dynamic that brings just in itself not only do the titans go back to hawaii for a quarterback but yeah right they this there's a lot in this guy he's already my manning jim wyatt uh on on the phone on the titans phone the 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 press conference with him over the phone that that tells me a lot of it i I think i think i'm pretty sold on cole mcdonald after hearing him my man jim wyatt yeah which by the way i uh not to correct you there, Jack, but it's Uncle Jim Wyatt. Uncle, um, Uncle Jim Wyatt. Uncle Jim Wyatt, which we deemed him. We had we had Jim Wyatt on our last episode, and uh, he he allowed us. He's now our podcast uncle. So um, he, he's at, he's Jack's actual uncle, but he's our podcast uncle now too. What a um, uh, what a what a lavish life of celebrity that one must live to be the nephew <laughs> of Jim Wyatt. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, the yeah. great one, Wyatt of Titans Media. You want to talk about a real life Kardashian? Jack oh. is one. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I'll say this about Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald, like, you remember how when like he would do a creative player in a video game, and you'd be like, "Well, I'm white, so I'm going to make myself white," mm-hmm. and then it's like, "Oh, I have the option of doing uh, dreadlocks." Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to do dreadlocks. <laughs> that is this dude. And I love that the Titans are like, hmm, let's get a – I mean, he's a backup quarterback, so that's fine. Like, we need a backup quarterback. So I'm okay with, like, them literally getting anyone. But them going to the well, like the Hawaii well of quarterbacks, which is like, oh, yeah, Hawaii quarterbacks always pan out well in uh, in the NFL. Colt Brennan, what, uh, uh, oh. Timmy, Timmy Chang is, was another one. Like, And then, obviously, you know, Marcus Mariota, he was great. Don't get me wrong. I love Marcus. But uh, – and he didn't go to Hawaii, but you know, it's like I, I just love that they're like, yeah, let's just go ahead and try this guy because he's he's white, he's got dreadlocks, and uh, he my man's Jim Wyatt, so you know he's going to work out for, for sure. Yeah, without question, I the my manning of Jim Wyatt was the highlight of today's. Actually, that's not true. Chris Jackson, who we will discuss 
at some point was the highlight of day three in the draft because this appears to be the greatest Titans player that has never yet played for the Titans. Um, <laughs> I am uh, I am fired up. It's the, it's honestly the only thing that salvaged my day three because after day three I have slept very very little. I have spoken to John uh, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel entirely too many times, and my head I feel like I it's about to explode with all of the different pronunciations of Lorel Murchison that I was trying to work through before we got it on an actual conference call with him. But what Cole McDonald represents to me was what was asked of him on the conference call by somebody, by a media member who will remain nameless because they, I will not give the gender, they are friends of this particular podcast and great shame should befall them for the question that was asked. But what Cole McDonald represents to the Nashville media apparently is the aloha spirit that Marcus Mariota left behind. Your thoughts, gentlemen. I was livid. Paul Kaharski was taking shots on the conference call, ignoring the player, and just savaging the person who asked the question. The aloha spirit made its way into the Titans draft on a year when Marcus Mariota is not on the roster. And honestly, I can feel the veins in my neck bulging. I, I, honestly, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent okay with that question. I think that's an important question to ask. Stop it. I mean, I think in no, what world? Think... In what world is Aloha Spirit the important question to ask? Hardcore Capital J investigate investigative journalist Austin Huff, you tell me in what world that is an important question to ask. Uh, listen, look. I don't know if you know this or not, but Aloha means hello and goodbye, oh, and to encompass that in an entire spirit. That to me is important, and if I am, if I have, if I am, first of all, we know what Marcus Mariota did. He bridged the gap from the the, the shitty in the mirror Titans to the Mike Vrabel venture capitalists <laughs> on a yacht trip Titans that we have today. Like the he, power he did that for us, and 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 Mariota more than probably any man on the, the history of planet Earth has encompassed the Aloha spirit. Oh my so God. we get if we get even just a if we could just even get like a bottle, like just even just a small, like shot glass worth of that Aloha spirit in this, in this new Hawaii quarterback we got. Yeah. Sign me up. And whoever asked that question, I say kudos, give that person the Pulitzer right now. If anything, I hope that the Cole McDonald signing gets the, the man who dressed up in the pineapple costume oh. back yes. in that costume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was no one sadder once Marcus Mariota left to the Raiders than that guy, the pineapple dude in the front row. Like, well, the man, the man completely lost his identity. He, oh, I can't imagine what him and his family have probably been going through over the last month or so since Mariota left. So now, because of the Hawaiian quarterback, he had like he's. I, I can just see him. He's walking up to his closet. And he's just like, and he's just standing there with like a lone tear dripping down his face of like, hey, you know, like, hey, there, old friend. And he just busts out the pineapple. He probably wore it today. I, I was about to say, I bet he put it on today. <laughs> I bet he put it on today. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. I mean, you would have to, right? You would take a victory lap in the pineapple suit. This man has been waiting a very, very long season and an even longer off season for the ability to find himself Yet again, to rediscover a midlife crisis for Pineapple Man is not something that, <laughs> not the kind of repercussions Titans fans were expecting when Marcus Mariota departed Nashville. But here we have now found the identity of the team yet again. It is the Pineapple Man 
forevermore, yeah. or at least it, as long as Cole McDonald's on the roster. It, his wife is probably like face palming harder than any. Oh, she's face palmed before. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so pissed. Oh, she's she's livid. She's like son of a bitch. Titans, really? Like you couldn't? There's literally 49 other states you could have gotten a quarterback from. Oh, I I can't I can't get enough of it. And I honestly I read I read an article from the combine of Cole McDonald while we were waiting to get him on the conference call about the reason that he cut his dreads and and coaches telling him at the combine that it was silly and dude, what are you doing? Um, but all of this is excused because the Aloha spirit now reigns again over Nashville, like a rainbow in the sky with John Robinson and Marcus Mariota's faces on it. All right, Chris Jackson is somebody I actually want to talk about because I think you guys are going to love him, and I think he's actually going to matter for a seventh-round pick. That is not often the case. This dude reminds me, in hearing him talk, he reminds me of Kevin Byard, and there is a big difference between a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick. But Chris Jackson, who is listed as a safety but was all-conference at corner, do you think that there is a special teamer that could – could you could Brett Kern's place in your hearts be taken if Chris Jackson is everything that I'm hyping him up to be? Jack I'll, uh, Jack, I'll let you take this one, dude. Uh, that's, uh, it's going to take a lot, Buck. I think you know that. It's going to take a lot. <laughs> But what he could do, him and him and the coffin corner could link up for <laughs> for for maybe a, a big a big punt that he downs deep inside the five yard line in the playoffs. Maybe that could happen. Maybe he could build he could help build Kern's legacy even more. Yeah, Buck, that's like that's like asking like, oh hey, uh, you know I've got the, I've got a buddy of mine. His name is Greg. Uh, do you think he could be the new Santa Claus? Like no, like. <laughs> No one's going to replace Brett Kern in the hierarchy of special teamers, not even special teamers, players on the Titans. Brett Kern is right there near the top, and you're not going to dethrone him from that. Now, look, am I excited for Chris Jackson? 100%. Hell yes. And I think exactly what Jack said. He's going to be a just a special team force like our guy, the legend himself, Donnie Nicky. Like, I think he's going to right. be – just the next great Titans special teamer, and hopefully, eventually, the next great Titans uh, safety cornerback. We've compared him to Kevin Byard and Donnie Nicky, all in the same conversation. Yeah. What are the chances that he maybe falls somewhere in between those two? <laughs> uh, n- there are there are zero chances. Uh, this this man will will find himself in the Ring of Honor alongside Bo Brinkley and probably yeah. between Bo Brinkley and Brett Kern. <laughs> Bo Brinkley, whose greatest accomplishment is being able to drive four and a half hours to get a Casey's taco pizza, because that is what <laughs> that is what people do in St. Yeah. Louis. And it's honestly the most disgusted I've been with him. The fact that you're even referencing that shows how legendary of a story that is. And legendary stories don't come from non-legends, you know? Like, it's not a Bo legendary Brinkley. story. It's a long snapper no, that wants gas station I, I, pizza. Agree to agree. Agree to disagree. Okay. But you know how much I love Brett Kern. I love Brett Kern. I, gosh, like if, I hope my wife's not listening, but I love Brett Kern. And if honestly, if we hadn't had so many phone difficulties, I would advocate for patching Brett Kern in on this call. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. I don't even think we should try it. I, I mean, I would love to, but we would lose Buck for good on that phone call. <laughs> Um, but but no, Brett Kern wouldn't even touch a football had it not been for Bo Brinkley, you know. So it's you know, take with that what you will. 
Well, Chris Chris Milton died so Chris Jackson can walk. The, or uh, or yeah, I just totally botched that. And because my uh, my my brain is not working, it's Chris ja- Chris, Chris Milton. Milton die. Chris Milton ran or walked. I can't even do it, guys. I'm losing it. I am so hey. done. I am so I falling I, apart just, at the seams. Chris Milton walked you heard the, you heard so Chris first, Jackson can run. Jesus H. <laughs> Titans. Christ, I am so angry at myself for how badly I just botched that. I, I, was, hey, I may need a, need a moment. I'm just finding out now that Chris Milton died. <laughs> I, well, this you get is, a pass, Buck. This is the kind of day it's been. You, you get a pass. You've been working just about as hard as the ESPN producers were on finding the worst tragedy to happen to every <laughs> single player that was ever taken this year's in this year's draft. What the hell oh. is that? This I'm doing a three hour live stream draft show while the draft is going on, and even with the sound down, I am noticing how often in the players' bios there is listed some kind of great personal tragedy. From drug addiction to stealing a girlfriend's purse, not once, but twice. Yeah, if you if you had a grandma or a grandpa or a brother or a sister who has passed away at any point in your life, or if your tragedy is as small as you teared up when watching uh, Thomas J get stung by those bees and my girl, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, ESPN will find it, and they will share that literally seconds right after you get drafted. Like, it's in... It's insane the amount of like, oh, hey, here's the greatest moment in this person's life. Now, here's the worst. And then they just go with it. Like, honestly, personally, Jack, and I'm just thinking out loud here, on our next podcast, I think you and I should share our most tragic memories. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, there's no way it's any sadder than the ESPN broadcast was. Every time you were happy for some guy that you would – they would show him celebrating with his entire family on TV. You'd you'd get really happy for him, and then, then the music would cue. And yeah. everyone, everyone would just all go, "Oh no, what, what possibly right. happened?" And yeah, then you, like, and then you hear Tom Rinaldi's voice as the overlay, and you feel yes. the tears welling up in your thing. eyes for people that you don't even. You, this third, this seventh round pick out of Marshall, who nobody knows who the hell he is, you are weeping profusely because Tom Rinaldi yeah. is voicing over his personal tragedy. It'd be like Jack Gentry, a six foot nine cornerback out of San Diego State. Has been, has been drafted, you know, third overall by the Tighten Up podcast. And uh, his most tragic memory is when Rusty Smith started that game for the Tennessee Titans back oh. in 2011 against the Texans. It you know, like that. that. changed my life. And it's just like, whoa, ESPN, can we, like, can we maybe take a commercial break before we get to this? Like, can we, like, get some sort of warning that, we, you know, the mood is going to shift like all of a sudden, you know, it's it's, it's almost like when that uh, when the music would kick in on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back in the day. Like things just got suddenly dramatic real fast. And anyway, I, it's just nuts. Twingo needs to lighten up. That's <laughs> that's what we can draw from this. Well, Trey Wingo, the the suit variation. And listen, I love Trey. Trey is uh, Trey has been on this podcast, and I'm grateful for it. Trey Wingo is somebody who is he continues to dress up every night as if he's a 1930s mobster or, yeah, or and, and he's leading, not a good weekend leading some fashion. kind of funeral procession at times yeah. and listen credit to Trey who I think talked for 15 straight hours in what has oh, yeah. to be a disaster of a show to navigate given that Michael Irvin clearly not reading the shot list for the highlights that he's supposed to be doing when he's I reading I think it was T Higgins 
or somebody somebody whose sister plays college basketball, he's reading highlights from a Clemson player or discussing the analysis for a Clemson player while his sister is playing uh, college basketball at Middle Tennessee State or something of the like. It was a disaster <laughs> to watch uh, Trey Wingo and Michael Irvin try to do this uncoordinated dance. Yeah, Michael Michael Irvin should not be like the person that you hand a script <laughs> for anything about. Like, did, I, I just don't I don't trust uh, the guy who gets busted with you know two hundred and fifty pounds of cocaine to read anything for me. Uh, in, on any sort of TV setting, PK, are you talking about Mel Kiper? <laughs> Say what? I said, are you are you referring to Mel Kiper or Michael Irvin? Mel Kiper looks like he may have dipped the, he dipped his nose into a little something this weekend, didn't he? He was sweating and screaming every single time they put him on camera. You know, everyone's freaking out during this time of quarantine about uh, not being able to get a haircut. Guys, Mel Kuyper hasn't gotten a haircut in over 30 years. Like, I think he's doing all right for himself. It's it's pristine. Everybody else looks scraggly as hell. Jalen Rose's hair, which is typically painted on, yeah. is askew and fraying. And Mel Kuyper, the iconic hair of Mel. Honestly, it's the most underreported storyline of the draft outside of the NFL attempting to make Roger Goodell relatable on national television. The idea that Mel Kuyper's hair through, through a pandemic yeah. is completely unfair phased it's all that pumpkin pie the only yeah the only barber that's open is apparently the one in transylvania that uh mel kuyper goes to because him and dracula have the same dude going uh just incredible the 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 draft was as much about the drama uh the the drama experienced on the broadcast and the interior decorating of one roger goodell who's set i believe to be completely fake and not his actual basement, other than the oh, fact no, that Raj is very, very comfortable in that fine leather chair that he was slumped in by the end of the third round. Uh, you know, I, I didn't watch the last two rounds, but did he did he end up getting naked? Because I just assumed so. With the way the clothes, like he changed the clothes midway through round one of the draft. Then like the, the next night he was getting a little more lax. With, like he went with a quarter zip. And, uh, and then like today I'm just imagining like he just, completely unbuttoned his shirt and is just slouched in that chair. And, and, and how about him awarding the 2020 draft to Las Vegas when we were already halfway through the first round of the 2020 draft? I mean, it was, it did look like, it it did look like he was playing a game of strip poker on the side when, when they would cut the commercials, (laughs) when he, when he came back, you'd lose a layer layer of clothing. That was interesting. He also was pounding M&Ms and cupcakes like no other. So he had a he had an interesting weekend. I, I came out of this weekend liking Goodell more than I did coming in, though. So maybe it worked. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They did the impossible. They made Roger Goodell forty four million dollars a year annually relatable to the American public because he likes to house M and M's during quarantine the way the way the same way that the rest of us do. Yeah, it was just funny to see like the, this is the first time that he's ever had to watch the draft from home like the rest of us. And I mean, look. You'd be lying if you said you didn't start off the NFL draft. I mean, just look at, I mean, look at you, Buck. Like you're like you're on running on fumes right now, and so is Goodell. Like he finally got to see what we all have to do every year, and where it's like the first round, we're super hype, we're all into it. Maybe we'll change clothes once through the first round, and then the rest of the time, we're just like we're just completely like getting more and more exhausted as it goes on. And he was the, the, the true embodiment of that. 
I'm clearly delirious at this point through all of it, and it's not just because the Tennessee Titans appear to have done very, very well in the draft, or at least well enough that they set themselves up to uh, to keep Clowny Watch going for just a little while longer. We will see what comes to bear, and we will do actual draft analysis on the next 615 Sessions podcast. But for the meantime, we are grateful for the comedic stylings that have been brought to us by our friends at the Tighten Up podcast, Austin Huff and Jack Gentry. New episodes available in the A to Z Sports podcast feed every Wednesday for your consumption. Boys, what will you be, what will you be bringing to the people the next time that they hear your voices? Well, we actually have a bonus podcast coming up that we're going to drop Ooh. on Sunday afternoon. Spicy. So, Boom! New sewed on Sunday. Sunday yeah. sewed for you, Buck. Sunday sewed. Sunday. But, yeah, sewed. we're gonna be we're gonna be getting into all the all the Titans drafts, uh, the draft happenings. We're gonna break down a possible smash, a new smash and dash regime in Nashville. Uh-huh. This, but with this with this smash and dash unit, the smash is not gonna come in on a tequila diet. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, we've, we've got a lot working that uh, we're excited for you guys to hear. We're going to have Mickey Ryan on for the Tuesday episode that will drop on midnight. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. to look forward to over the Titan Up podcast. And also, I don't know if you know this or not, but our uh, the Titans' number one draft pick, Isaiah Wilson, uh, yeah, he is he played lacrosse in high school. He's a lax bro. So we're, I'm definitely going to be hitting on that on our special Sunday episode, which will come out. Sunday and obviously hence the name and uh and then yeah Wednesday Wednesday we're gonna we're just gonna laugh and have a lot of fun with Mickey Ryan which is what is done on the Tighten Up podcast interesting that you should have Mickey Ryan on and I'll drop this nugget to create great tension because you Uh, haven't started enough media feuds I was talking about you guys on my weekly 3HL hour and in the commercial break Mickey said, yeah, we had Jack as an intern. And I said, said, what was he like? And he goes, he didn't say anything for the entirety of the (laughs) internship. He was honestly kind of a bad intern. That was from Mickey Ryan, told to me in confidence about Jack Gentry. Now we have brought it to air. Now we have added tension. I can't believe he would say this. Well, neither can I. Mickey Ryan, the gentlest among us in Nashville media. That's like something Jonathan Hutton would say, you know? Oh, my gosh. We may just have to start a new feud. (laughs) (laughs) 3HL, you're next. 3HL. This is great because now now when we have Mickey on on, – for our Wednesday, for our Wednesday episode, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, and I'm going to find out exactly how bad of an intern Jack was. See, this is this is what I'm doing. At least if you guys can suffer through 50 minutes of me just rambling and meandering into metaphors that don't make any sense because I have drank entirely too much cold brew coffee in the past 72 hours. At least I can provide for you some content that will create uh, create division amongst Nashville media members even further. <laughs> that you've done. That you've yeah. done, Buck. In you the tried, meantime... You tried with the F-word pod. You tried I, us with the F-word... Herndon has been on his game on Twitter this week. He's been killing oh, it. I, yeah, he, I don't think we can go against him. He's a, he's, a, he's a heavyweight... That's a heavyweight podcast right there, but... Yeah, um, we, don't stand, we don't stand a chance in that fight, but I'll tell you what fight we do stand a chance in. That we'll probably win 16 seconds in uh, freaking against Jonathan Hutton. That's that's who we can freaking hold our punches with. And he sucked and 
and I'm not afraid to say it. He's the nicest, most charitable guy in national media, but he sucks. I would never draft him in a national media draft. He would go <laughs> undrafted in my book. I wouldn't draft him in a human draft. Like, I'm <laughs> never mind media draft. Give me, I wouldn't take him. If, if, he would, he's Mr. Irrelevant without getting drafted. That's what he is. If Mickey you... Ryan's stock is also slipping for the record. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Mickey, Mickey's stock is rising in my mind. I was about to say, it's the meanest, most malicious thing Mickey Ryan has ever said. And I, it honestly made, him, made me like him a little more. Meanwhile, the special edition Tighten Up podcast will be in your feeds Sunday. They will then come to you again on Wednesday. And we will speak to you uh, on Tuesday, the next time that you hear the 615 Sessions podcast. The content will continue to be produced because I refuse to leave my office for going on six weeks in the middle of quarantine. Uh, And I have nothing better to do but talk in front of a microphone and tweet random things about how bad Luke Bryan is on the draft coverage. We will have uh, Titans players draft picks available to you on the next edition of the 615 Sessions podcast. Looking forward to having a few of the guys that were taken by the Tennessee Titans in this year's draft join us. So look forward to that. Then, in the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, wash your hands, and stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you on Tuesday on the next 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.